1: Hello and welcome to the program Kids First Coming Attractions. I am your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we got a jam packed show for you today. We're going to be talking about the films Daddy's Home 2, Murder on the Orient Express, Wonderstruck, Four Ragnarok, Kids in the Spotlight, and My Town Pets. We have a lot to be talking about today, and we're going to start the show with a reoccurring guest on the show. He is the founder of Splash Entertainment and is producer of an up-and-coming film, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. It is the wonderful Mike Young. Thank you so much, Mr. Young, for being on the show.
2: Oh, a pleasure again.
1: Your new project you're producing is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. So tell us a bit about this film and what you are excited for it to be out.
2: Well, Mariah Carey, of course, is an icon. The song itself, All I Want for Christmas is You, is, you know, probably one of the great Christmas songs of all time. But what's funny about it, it's not about what you think it's about, some sort of, you know, boyfriend or whatever. The story is about when she was growing up and she was like nine or ten years old, every Christmas she'd write a note to Santa Claus asking for a puppy, a real live puppy. And of course, it never materialized, or showed up. <laughs> Her father, by the way, thought he was uh, allergic to dogs. And so every excuse under the sun came along not to uh, actually have a real puppy. And so one year, you know, when she was old enough to realize what was going on, she sort of, wrote a desperate note to Santa Claus and the father, her father came along and uh, his brother had found an old stray dog, not an old stray dog, a very young stray dog who was probably the naughtiest dog on earth and so the father came up with this idea, look Mariah, you look after this little dog for two weeks and you do a great job with it and then I'll let you go and choose your own puppy for for christmas it was a machiavellian plot as they say and of course this little dog comes out of the box and he's a handful put it that way (laughs) he's very very naughty and you know i won't spoil the whole movie for you but a lot of adventures happen and i think it works out in the end
1: now as producer of this film how did this project come to be
2: Well, a good friend of mine works for one of the agencies, one of the big agencies, UTA, Sid Kaufman, and he represents, you know, a, a number of properties. In fact, one of the other one coming along is Mark Kelly, the famous astronaut. He and his brother have been in space longer than any other individuals until very recently. And he'd written these books called and uh, based on a true story. And what happened to him when uh, some little mice were put in a cage and flown into space with him. And so we were talking about that project and then Mariah Carey's name came up and All I Want for Christmas the title. And I said, you know, it would, be a, it would make a fantastic Christmas film. The song is out every Christmas. Why not a full-length movie about it? And so we met up. We set up the appointment with Mariah. And, of course, yes, she has this reputation for being a diva. But, frankly, we found her to be very lovely and down-to-earth. And, and she, uh, she fundamentally fell in love with the idea. And then... She started to tell us the real story behind the, you know, behind the song. So we uh, got a, a really great writer on board, and with Lisa Melby at Universal and the writer Temple Matthews, we we created a script, and the Universal hierarchy loved it, and <laughs> lo and behold, they, they, you know, they commissioned the uh, the the first film, and hopefully now we're going to do. All I want for Easter is you, and all I want for Valentine's is you, because they are, they love <laughs> they love franchises, and there's even now a, a development for Halloween as well. So um, it won't be called All I Want for Halloween, but it'll be a Halloween Mariah Carey story.
1: So we expect to see maybe, hopefully, with the success of this movie, we see an All I Want um, series.
2: That's right. Uh, they they make land before time if you remember that one. and they are land before time like twenty four or twenty five because you know once you have a great franchise like that, then it can go on and on and on. So one hopes that the all I want franchise will go on as well.
1: All I want is a sequel to this film.
2: So. that's right that's right.
1: So um what do you want families to really gain from this uh, movie?
2: Well, it's Christmas, for goodness sake. The film itself is very non-denominational, etc. And what's funny now is you know, we go around the world and we go to China and Malaysia and, you know, even countries that are, um, you know, Muslim countries, and you see such a, a big celebration of Christmas, you know, and the shops are full of Christmas stuff, etc., etc. Et so, you know, like the song itself and some of the great you know, Christmas films of all time they go on forever. As you know, Frosty, the Snowman, and the rest of them are rolled out every year. And so, in fact, I said that to, she's got twin children who are about six years old. And I said, look, when they grow grown up, this film will still be rolling around on the, the networks, you know.
1: Well, wonderful. Well, this, I'm very excited to see this film. It seems like it's an adorable little animated film. And, of course, Flash Entertainment does great animation, so can you tell us what, when this comes out and where people can find this film?
2: Yes, it's, um, the DVDs are going to be rolling out in, the, in about a, next week, late next week sometime. And the, it's going to be on Amazon. And, you know, it's Amazon Prime, so that's going to be great. And, and the film has, you know, people like Henry Winkler in it, Lacey Chabert. Henry Winkler, all the parents remember from Happy Days. And, uh, and such, Lacey Chabert was Party of Five Mean Girls. And Dee Bradley Baker. We, and Brianna uh, Yud, which is Y-D-E, Brianna, it plays the 10-year-old Mariah. And she has the daunting task of singing the original song during the movie with a slightly different arrangement to it and um, basically Mariah showed up to direct her and you know imagine you're you're, you're a 12 year old little girl and you've got uh, one of the biggest music stars of all time showing up and directing and she did a brilliant job a directed and a brilliant job from Brianna and then Mariah wrote uh, some original songs for the film as well so when it rolls out you'll see some original Mariah Carey songs which is thrilling for all of us
1: Well it sounds like an adorable film I can't really check it out, thank you so much Mike Young for talking about Mariah Carey's All I Want For Christmas Is You
2: It's a pleasure, and uh, this is a great station, and we, all my grandkids, now tune into it pretty regularly, because they tell me all sorts of things that are going on on Kids First. We're
1: always happy to have you, and we can't wait to talk about your next project. Hopefully, we'll be
2: very soon. I'll take you into space with it, okay? Sure. Bye-bye.
1: well, this film is out on DVD very soon, so it's a perfect stocking stuffer for all the parents out there looking for presents for your kids. With that said, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. This show is sponsored by Super Four. Welcome to Kingsland. We're going to continue the show talking about Daddy's Home Two, Murder on the Orient Express, Wonderstruck, Thor Ragnarok, Kids in the Spotlight, and My Town Pets. We're going to continue the show talking to. Ella about Daddy's Home too. So Ella, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us. So this is the sequel to uh, Daddy's Home with Ralph Fehl and Mark Wahlberg. I saw the film. I was pretty. It was pretty funny. I was very. I was pleasantly surprised at how funny it was. And now you've got bigger names, more dads. It's Christmas. Tell us about what you thought about this film.
3: Well, I thought that it was absolutely hilarious, and I thought that. I don't really remember too much about the original film because I did see the original film. But I just remember thinking that the second one, although the first one was really good, the second one improved on it. And it was just it's a great film to watch at this time of year with all like the holidays coming up because it's Christmas themed. So that makes it a great family movie, great holiday movie.
1: When I saw the original trailer for this, I was I was like, oh, they're making a sequel to this. But then I got John Lithgow, they got John Cena, Mel Gibson. I mean, it looks hilarious. And I, I, so what did you think about this film? Did you think it was funnier than the first film?
3: Yes, and also like, although the humor is very slapstick and exaggerated, and I talk about this in my review. But it was written so well in a way where it wasn't really obnoxious, unless it like unless that was the intent, like the character was supposed to be obnoxious.
1: Well, interesting. That's very that's very nice, especially since not slapstick can't be the main fuel of a comedy. So, and it's nice that it was written as well. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about the uh, what do you think about the cast? Because you got a star-studded cast in this film.
3: I the cast was great. The acting was really good. I. The delivery was spot on, so it made the line so much more funny, and I actually got to interview most of the cast, and the ones that I didn't interview were really nice people, and it was a really great interview. Well, who did you get to interview? Let's talk Um, about that. Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell, John Cena, I interviewed the three kids that starred in the film, John Lithgow, and Linda Carlini. Wow, so, um,
1: what kind of questions did you ask them, and can you tell us any kind of juicy bits about the making of this film?
3: Well, I mean, I don't really remember because it all happened so fast, but mainly, like the the stuff that I asked them was kind of like what was like the most challenging part about filming this? What was your favorite scene? What did you identify with within your character? You know, just that kind of stuff.
1: Well, I can't, I can't wait to really check out this film. It looks really funny. Uh, so, what would you say is your favorite part in this film?
4: Well,
3: am I allowed to give spoilers on here? I forgot. No, oh,
1: I- no spoilers. I no spoilers.
3: All right, okay. Well, the ending scene, or like, yeah, it was the ending scene. It was just, it was really funny. And it was also very heartwarming. So, I did enjoy that a lot. I definitely have to say that that was my favorite part of the whole movie.
1: Oh, okay. Now you're just teasing us, saying that the ending (laughs) is a part. Now we have to go see it to see what you're talking about. Yes, you do. Fine. All right. Well, I got to go see it then. Uh, What would you say is your favorite character in the film?
3: Well, I mean, I think I said Mark Wahlberg's character, Dusty, was my favorite because he's the least, I guess, like, hyperbolic. Like, Will Ferrell's character is very, like, exaggerated and, like, kind of annoying. And Mel Gibson's character is very, like, mean and grouchy and just, but I'd have to say Dusty and Linda Carlini's character, Sarah, were definitely, like, the, my two favorites because they were the most, like, normal and, like, but they weren't, like, boring.
1: hmm hmm well, Will Ferrell is always exaggerated. He kind of yes. plays the man-child in most of his films, but yeah, for yeah. that. Uh, So how many stars would you give this film, and what would you say is the age recommendation?
3: I would give it four and a half out of five stars, and I recommend it for kids ages nine and up.
1: Well, we have yet another holiday film to check out for the up-and-coming holidays. So thank you so much, Ella, for talking about Daddy's Home 2. Thank you. This film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. With that said, I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Super Four. Welcome to Kingsland. Let's take a break.
4: Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
0: tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba and you're listening to Kids First Coming
5: Attractions. We've been talking about Young on Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas and Daddy's Home Too. And next we'll be talking with Damon and Rowan on about... Murder on the Orient Express. Welcome to the show. Yeah, hi. 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 <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what is going on in this uh, movie, and what is it about?
6: Well, Murder on the Orient Express is based on the a book by Agatha Christie's, so Agatha Christie's book, and basically it's like a murder mystery that takes place on a train, and like so this group of people are all on a train and someone gets murdered and then all these people are trapped the train like gets derailed and all the people are trapped together knowing that one of them is a murderer
5: oh wow that sounds really intense so tell me damon what did you feel when um watching this movie did you get a lot of goosebumps or were you really thrilled when watching it
7: i i was thrilled In some parts of the movie, but in other parts, I got I did get goosebumps.
5: Oh wow! Yeah, I mean it must be a really intense movie. How about you, Ron? How did you feel?
6: And well, there were lots of like slightly moments that could pass on as kind of funny, like kind of like Easter egg things popped in that appeared kind of funny. And uh, But, yeah, some parts of it were quite scary.
5: Oh, yeah, I bet. So, tell me, you just mentioned Easter eggs. Without spoiling spoiling anything, do, can you tell me a little bit about what you meant by that?
6: And Well, there were, they're not really Easter eggs, but they're just like some of the cat. Since there's lots of time in the characters' rooms, some of the things that the characters use, it's just kind of funny.
5: Oh, okay. So, I know there was a great cast. There was... Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, Johnny Kenneth. Depp. Yeah, Johnny Depp. How could I forget the great Johnny Depp? Yeah, Daisy Ridley, a wonderful cast. So tell me, how was the
6: acting? Well, the acting was incredible. Like, while the detective was in interrogating people, it you you could tell everyone had something to hide. You could see it in their faces. I agree with Rowan. Oh, wow,
5: Yeah. So, uh, Damon, who was your favorite character? Because there was so many variety of characters in this film.
7: I think my favorite character would be Hercule Poich, who who would actually be the one who solved the whole case. Oh, okay. Why did you like him? What made you
5: feel like he was your favorite character?
7: He... He was smart about about how how he would do his cases and figure them out, and and in the way he solved them, it it was kind of funny. Oh, that's nice. So, Ron, now how about you?
6: Who's
5: your favorite character?
6: I have to agree with Damon. I really like her pure p- pirate. I mean, he was like, it was he was kind of funny, but then really serious at the same time. And, like, that's what was funny, but it was funny. That's, that's
5: yeah. great. Yeah, I love when there's a little bit of humor, especially when they're thriller movies and they're scary throughout. They, it's nice when they have those funny moments. So I know, like I said, there was a lot of, of great cast in this film. So what were the different type of personalities of each of the characters and how did that overall affect the murder mystery?
7: One of the characters was a bit creepy and and you you would
6: think that they're a bit suspicious. Yeah. There were lots of characters who was like like even before someone got murdered, you since you knew by the title Murder on the Orient Express, you were like you knew it was going to be a murder mystery. So like you saw these characters and you and you like and it's like He's acting really suspicious. Oh, he has a weapon on him. Oh, this. Oh, that. And it's like, so each and every character you just start to get suspicious about. And you start to think that maybe they're the murderer. And then, like, something else, another clue appears. And it's like, no, they can't be the murderer. And I really like the huge reveal at the end.
5: Wow, that's so much fun. I love movies like that. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas, Daddy's Home Too, Murder on the Orient Express, Wonderstruck, Thor Ragnarok, Kids in the Spotlight, and My Town Pets. And right now I'm talking to Rowan and Damon about Murder on the Orient Express. So, how are the sets? Because I know that this movie takes place in the early nineteen hundreds. Is that right?
6: And um, yeah, yeah, it was. It was like really. It was on a train, but one of the very small details I really enjoyed is how, when the train was traveling, throughout even behind the speech and everything, there was just this kind of quiet sound of the train rattling down the tracks. And at the windows, you could see the movement. And it was just like such a small detail that they added, and stretched down most of the movie. Wow. And in
7: some, in some parts of the of the movie, it showed the bottom of the train as it as the tracks were rolling.
5: Oh wow, that's really interesting. I love it when they pay attention to the little details. So I know that they're on a train for most of the film, but. Um, Was there anything about the sets, like, I know you said about the little details, but in general, as they're walking through the different cabins of the trains, or where they are stuck in the train, is there anything that really um, uh, sort of stood out about the sets?
6: Well, no, but that's kind of the good thing, because it was, like, really fitted that time period, like, all the design features and stuff. That's good. Yeah, I think so that would have been considered modern then and aren't considered modern now. Yeah,
5: that's cool. So how was the um, costumes and makeup of the characters? Because that would have been really great in the nineteen hundreds.
6: They all basically wore the same clothing all the time. Yeah, like it really what what the type of makeup what they were wearing and that stuff. It really depends on which character you're talking about. Because on the train, there were rich people, poor people, doctors, and people who you instantly assume it? were murderers, or oh. businessmen, all of them on the train.
5: Wow, yeah. And how did their, like, costumes reflect who were they were? Did they have, like, sort of different costumes among the cast, or were they looking pretty much the same?
7: The one that seemed pretty e- evil, a guy that seemed pretty evil, had, had, like, a scar on his eye.
5: Ooh, yeah, the scar on the eye. That always gets me, and I always feel like that's going to be the villain of the film. <laughs> so, how was the sound effects, and was there, like, any music that... how How was it? How was the music and sound effects?
6: Well, like I said before, the whole the train backing down the road that was like really that that kind of sold the film the way they had that it was like so realistic
5: that's cool yeah i like it when it's realistic did they have like oh, sorry go ahead
6: another sound effect i really liked is when like there was a thunderstorm that caused like some snow to fall the, sa- the sound they had there wasn't just like your average Thunder noise. It was like real. I really enjoyed that. It kind of sounded like real thunder, and and then the snow
7: fell and it went like, wow! It was actual snow falling. I love it when they make it
5: as realistic as it can be. So, Rowan, what is your favorite part of the film?
6: And uh, well. My favorite part of this film, like almost all the mystery films I've seen, it was definitely the big reveal. And one thing I liked about how they did this is the way they use they use like black and white footage to represent flashbacks.
5: Oh wow. yeah, so were you able to guess the mystery or were you shocked at the outcome?
7: I kind of thought about it a little bit thinking hmm they all seem very suspicious and and that's and you can't do millions of, of the same thing over in and they all said that
6: something that was suspicious um, I almost I almost got like at the end the, the detective had two hunches. And those are the same two hunches I had at the wow. end.
5: Wow, that's so cool. So you're like the detective on these murder mystery movies. <laughs> so what would you say that the star and age rating is of this movie?
7: I would I would probably say rate it. I'd rate, rate it five out of five stars because it has a good storyline and message. And I would aim, rate it... Recommended for the ages 8 to 18 because I don't think that younger children would would understand the concepts of murder mysteries and there was a bit of violence.
0: Okay.
6: I gave it 5 out of 5 stars as well. I really love this film and I recommended it for ages 10 to 18 because I felt under that it wouldn't really, yet yeah, it would come off as kind of boring for certain parts of it Mm -hmm. because like the tension is
5: like kind of hidden yeah well i really want to watch this movie based on what you guys are telling me so i'm really excited so be sure to check it out on november 10th let's take a break i'm sahiba and you are listening to kids first coming attraction today's show is sponsored by super four welcome to Kingsland.
4: You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring.
0: You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
1: Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keith Lakesley. And today, we just got done talking about murder on the Orient Express, and also talked to the wonderful Mike Young about Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas, and Daddy's Home too. We're going to continue the show talking about Thor Ragnarok, Kids in the Spotlight, and My Town Pets. Right now, we're here, we're here with a new kids' <laughs> film critic, Abraham, who's 12 from San Francisco, California. Abraham, thank you so much for being on the show. Hello. Alright, let's get right into it, shall we? Let's talk about Wonderstruck, this wonderful coming-of-age film that takes place in the 20s and 70s. It looks visually spectacular. Tell us about what you thought about it.
8: I thought it was actually really, really good for not too much of a mainstream film, but also much of a mainstream film as well, if you get my drift. It had really good visual effects as well, and I talked to the producer. She she seemed like she put out a, a ton of effort in the sets and the
1: costumes, which I really liked. Oh, wow. You got to talk to the producer of Wonderstruck? Yes. Oh, well, tell us about that meeting.
8: I'm. It was really fun. I talked mostly about how the sets were made for the different times, periods, and the costumes. She talked about how they researched a bunch on the clothing and how they got, like, real classic cars for the 20s and the 70s, which is really nice.
1: Now, are you talking about producer Pamela Coffer or Christine Vachon? Christine Vachon. Vachon, excuse me for butchering her name. Oh, wonderful. So, oh, it, is, it does take place in two time periods, the 20s and the 70s, two of my favorite time periods, by the way. So that's, So, of course, they're going to have to do a lot of, like, research and putting the costumes together and making sure that they transport you in these two time periods, which, do you feel like they succeeded in that? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's a very sure answer right there. Now, I know what you meant by saying this is not really a mainstream film, because this was a, this did show at some film festival festivals, and then it was picked up by a studio. Now, Amazon Studios distributed this, which they're making more and more movies all the time, which is fantastic. They produce some great content. So, tell me what you thought about the acting in this film.
8: I thought it was really good, personally. My favorite part was by Julianne Moore, who was older, older Rose, who was in it for the past, I think, the last 30 minutes of the movie, who did a really, really good job.
1: Well, I love Julianne Moore. She is just spectacular. I love her in everything she's in. And they also got, you got a really good casting. You got Michelle Williams, Julianne Moore, but the child actors, like Oaks Fakely, she's fantastic in this film. And there's just so many different wonderful actors. Tell us a bit about what you thought of the child actors.
8: I thought they did a really good job because sometimes if it's a child actor, I feel like it's really, like, not fake, but not what a real kid would think in that situation. But this, I felt like, was really good. For the situations like that,
1: well, I I think it's the rise of child actors. I mean, there's so many, so much good content for them now. Stranger Things, it, um, Monster Calls, Wonderstruck. So many films are coming out, for, and so many young actors are just breaking through and really showing what the showing the the caliber of their acting ability. So it's fantastic to see that. So yeah, child actors are on the rise nowadays. So what were you saying? is something in this film that really, well, made you wonderstruck.
8: I think it was the diorama of the whole New York City, where they shot in the museum, which was actually really cool, because it was the real thing.
1: Wow. And what I feel like is interesting is that this film has a beautiful concept, and it's gorgeous. And it's good to know that there's story and characters that back up the beautiful visuals. So how many stars would you give this and what would you say is the age recommendation?
8: I would give it 4.5 out of 5 stars. And I think the recommendation should be not 8, to 8 to 15 would enjoy it the most.
1: Well, absolutely wonderful. I can't wait to go check it out and see it on the big screen. I have to catch up with a lot of movies. But thank you so much, for Abraham, for talking about Wonderstruck. It's been a pleasure. Yes,
8: thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> and it's great to have you on the radio show. Hope to talk to you soon. Great job for your first time. This film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keepa Blake Sling, and we're going to continue the show, talk about many other things. But right now, we're going to switch over to talk about. Oh, I've been waiting to talk about this film for a while now. Thor Ragnarok! Okay, Arjun, so it's just going to be you and me talking about Thor Ragnarok. Now, give me one second. I need to take a sip from my Marvel mug. <sighs> That's really good. Now, I went to go see
9: this film as well. I want to see hear your opinion about it first. So what did you think about it? I thought it was absolutely amazing. Lived up to the hype. I mean, I think it was amazing. I got to see this at a press screening full of just enthusiastic fans. And, like, we didn't know what was going to happen. And there were some... There were a lot of shocking things which happened in the movie, but a lot of, like, hilarious moments in the movie, like, which got, had the whole audience, like, laughing with uproar or, like, you know, sighing at, like, whenever something serious happened. But, yeah, there was, there was mainly a lot of comedy in this movie, but I absolutely thought it was amazing. The tone was similar to Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's definitely one of my favorite Marvel movies. I would agree tenfold. Now, I'm
1: curious to see what you think about this, because what I really like most about this film is that they treated Thor with respect, because I've always thought in other films he was just kind of boring and bland, he was just a tool, he didn't know much, he was stupid, and he was just the muscle, but in this film they really make him into, he's learned from his mistakes, he's more mature, he's funny... And actually, I don't. I, I, and he actually has a good game plan. While he's also a little bit naive at some points, he still is an interesting character. And I actually really didn't like him in
9: this movie. I, I, what did you think about that? I really. I've really always liked Thor, like, especially in the first Thor movie. But yeah, I agree with you, like. Starting with the second Thor and then all of the Avengers movie, he was just kind of the muscle, like no character at all. But I, I really liked him in the first Thor movie, and this brought a lot of what I liked about him in the first Thor movie. He was very charismatic, but he also did have flaws, like he was very arrogant and like full of self pride and all. But in this movie, he really learned. He, like you said, he really learns a lot from his mistakes, and he learns to be a better person, and he learns that. His, like, his destiny is far beyond his hammer, and I thought that was one of the best things about the movie.
1: I would totally agree. But also, I think what made this film better than a lot of the other... Well, not better. What made it stand out than from, other, from the other Mario movies is its humor. Now, you were right, it has that kind of Guardians of the Galaxy feeling, but I don't know about you, I haven't laughed so hard in a Marvel film since the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy
9: 2 was funny, but Thor was hilarious. What did you think about it? I think it's, prob- it's possibly the funniest like Marvel Cinematic Universe movie along with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, like you said, from the very first scene, there's so much comedy immediately and I think this is a really big pro. It really gives the movie, a, like, a lot of character. But it's also a big, it's a con when it comes to the more serious scenes. Like, a lot of people do die in this movie. But then they just kind of cut back to, like, comedy and all that. And I'm just like, that character, like, this, this whole thing, I mean, that, that was pretty serious. And we're cutting back to this, really. But I think for the most part, it really worked. And it's definitely one of the best things about the movie. But it's also, like, the main, like, flaw I had with the movie.
1: I see what you mean. Because there, there were some moments of actual dramatic moments. And yeah, sometimes the jokes can overpower those moments. And I, I see what you mean, Arjun. I feel like they could have fleshed out some of the more dramatic moments in this film. And not just having totally fueled by comedy. But I don't know. I really just thought that this film is a game changer for just Thor as a character. And it, it definitely lived up to all the expectations I was expecting in this film. Now, um, with this film out, what do you, what what do you foresee in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Now, I know they have a plan, but like tonal rise? like what do you feel like this this is gonna do for the rest
9: of the films? This has potentially huge impacts to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like the post credit scenes are really building up to the um, Avengers Infinity War. I won't say if they are because no spoilers. And there's like a lot of things, which there especially the whole ending, like. Like battle of the movie, there's like huge consequences. Well, the movie is very comedic. Like I, I also liked that there were actual consequences on like like basically like the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how Infinity War will play out. Yeah, true. So that's
1: again, if you've seen the leaked leaked trailer, like I have, I saw yeah. a leaked trailer. But like I know it's bad, shush. But I can't wait to see like the actual trailer be released soon. But uh, you can't rush perfection. I've heard. Now I got to talk about one thing before we leave the villain Marvel while I believe they make good films they really lack on villains and the last good villain we really had was like the good villains we've had so far is Loki who's in this film and he's great but like he was he's not much of a villain in this film and Egon from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 volume 2 those are the only good Marvel villains we've had and now we got Kate Blanchett playing this goddess of death and she is just amazing she's not only funny but she's also very menacing and it's just got she's got this charm to it
9: and she kicks butt um, what did you think about the villain uh i thought um hella was Hela. i think it's Hela, but Hela was absolutely amazing i really loved her um what do you call it like her backstory she had with asgard i thought that was really interesting and there was kind of a good twist which kind of happens near the beginning, to be honest, which I was like, oh, well, that's neat. But I think, <laughs> like you said, I, I think Marvel has really been kicking it out with the villains this year. Ego, Vulture, and Hella. they're really breaking the pattern of having weak villains in the other movies. I mean, like, we're really getting stuff like akin to Obadiah Stane from the first Iron Man and um, Loki from Thor and the Avengers.
1: Yep, it's just fantastic what they're doing, and this is just an amazing film. So if you haven't checked it out... Already, you gotta go see it. So Arjun,
9: is there any last thoughts you wanna talk about the film and how many stars would you give it? I think that, that um I would like to mention that the acting from everyone is nice. All of the side characters were absolutely funny. Like Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster. Like oh. you can't go wrong with that, of course. And, um, but I really wanted to add Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. I thought she was amazing as the role. Like she kicked butt and she was like, ab- she had like charisma. All of these characters are very charismatic in their role. And of course, I can't forget my favorite character in the movie, he's Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. I've been waiting yeah. to see uh, Hulk, finally, since Avengers Age of Ultron. I think he's one of the most underrated characters, and I think he's getting a lot more love now after this movie because, wow, some of the scenes he had were absolutely amazing. Like I think they focused a, a lot more on the Jekyll and Hyde-like personality which the Hulk has, which is one of my favorite elements of the character, and I really like that. So I, I think they were like, those are some of the extra thoughts I'd like to add. Um, but other than that, the star rating would be a 4.5 out of 5 stars. Like, this would have easily been, like, a 5, but it's just that, like, I can't, like, forget that, like, there are some time there's a lot of serious moments in this movie, and they just feel, like, overshadowed by, like, the comedic moments in the movie. And I think the age range would be a 10 to 18, because. There's quite a lot of intense action, and of course, like I mentioned, there's a lot of casualties like everything that's going on, and there's also some suggestive references. Well, I
1: couldn't agree more with you. I, it's, it's fantastic. It's just a, just a great film. Just, just go see it. Anyway, thank you so much, Arjun talking about Thor Ragnarok. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. This film is in theaters now. What are you doing? If you haven't seen it already, what are you doing in real life? Go see it. But with that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Super 4. Welcome to
4: Kingsland. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening
0: to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm
5: Sahiba and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas, Daddy's Home Tomb, Murder on the Orient Express, Wonderstruck Thor Ragnarok, Kids in the Spotlight, and My Town Pets. Now, we'll be talking to Calista about Kids in the Spotlight. So, when I first heard of this event, I was—I actually didn't know at all what it was about. I'd never heard of it. So, Callista, tell me, what is it about? What happens?
10: Alright, so, Kids in the Spotlight is a charity organization that helps out foster kids. Basically, these foster kids will write their own short films, and then these films will get created by... Real industry professionals like producers, cameramen, directors, uh, makeup artists, like real industry professionals will help make these short films, and then these short films will get shown off in this annual film festival, which is what this event was.
5: Wow, that's really great. That's a, something I haven't heard of, and I think, you know, people and kids, especially who are in difficult situations, need something, and I think this this is a great organization, So, tell me about some of the short films that you saw that these kids make, and what were your overall thoughts?
10: Alright, so there were six films that were created this year, and I'm going to list them off right here. We have The Angel of St. Catharines, Trapped Within, Children of the Sun, Missing Pieces, Karma's a Blank, and Caged. All of these films I thought were pretty good. Trapped Within was a stand out and that was widely considered to be the best of the films. but all of them were really good and honestly it's like it was kind of hard for me to choose my favorite because there were some pretty good ones this year.
5: Oh, that's great. And in all these films are they like the children who are acting in them?
10: Not all the time because some of these kids don't want to actually act in the film. but a few of them were actually actors in the film like some of the kids. I believe the star of Cage was the writer. And someone who's been in Kids in Spotlight for a while, because there were some reoccurring... There were some actors and, like, writers who have done Kids in the Spotlight before. For example, Noelle DeBrell, who was in Children of the Sun, ha- was in a previous film from last year. So it's like, sometimes they decide to act in their films, but then other times they don't.
5: Oh, okay. That's very interesting. Did all the movies have something in common, like, common topic or message?
10: Two of the films were a were about hostage situations, but I mean, the thing is, because sometimes these kids write about like actual experiences they've had, and other times they just decide to just write like a horror movie, or like a, like a ghost story, or like a story about a uh, zombies or something like that. So it's like, sometimes certain things are like reoccurring, but I mean, actually, I thought quite a few of the quite a few of the films this year were very like. We're very different because I've seen a few the films from prior years and this these films actually kinda of stood out to me.
5: Okay. No, oh, that's really great. I find it so great that this organization is doing such a good thing in this world. So did you meet some of the writers and directors and children who are in this organization?
10: Yes, actually I did. I've already been I've been friends with one of the kids who've done this for like A year now basically for for as long as I've known her and I know a few of I've known a few of the kids who are in this organization and they're honestly just really great people they're so nice and I mean they're real they're a little shy but they're really nice people they're really excited for this event and they're really happy and it's just it's really nice
5: oh that's great so what were um, some of the movies that your friends or people that you know like you were saying were working on Well, Noelle
10: DeBrell, the girl I keep mentioning, she was in Children of the Sun, and actually quite a few of the people who worked on their own film, it's like, okay, for example, Cage, the girl who wrote it was the star of it, and I believe her name was Christine, and quite a few of the people, and it's basically the people who have, who worked on the films this year were the ones that I got to talk to. For example, Doucet, I believe, was her name. The star of Trapped Within. She, I got to talk to her. There was a girl named Mary I got to talk to. So, a, f- a few of them actually did like hang out before the event started. So,
5: that's really great. Did you know? And were there any like celebrities there who are a little more famous, or someone that you knew?
10: Actually, yes. There was Hudson Yang from Fresh Off the Boat. Cameron Boyce uh, from the disney channel movie descendants there was miles brown from blackish there was a camille there was a girl named camilla who was in days of our lives and ty burrell from modern family has been a really big sponsor of kids in spotlight for like a while now he's always been going to these events and he's always been helping out so he of course was there so there were quite a few celebrities who were going to this event and helped out it it was really nice uh, because of this, because of this, I got to meet Ty Burrell, and he's honestly just such a nice guy, and it's, it, it was really good.
5: That's really great. Yeah, this is a wonderful organization, and I'm so happy that I know about it now. So quickly, um what was your favorite part about this event?
10: I mean, aside from actually seeing the films, because the films are really good. There's like, I believe you can like binge watch. You can basically like order the films on the website and you could just like binge watch all the films, which I would recommend. Cause there are some, cause some of the films are like really good. But I mean, aside from actually watching the films, I think it's just the fact that there's just, just talking with everyone. And because the fact that there's just so much positivity and energy in this organization, talking to like the foster kids is great. They're super nice. The celebrities are also really nice. And you know, I mean, Ty Burrell, Ty Burrell's great. The films are great, and I mean, everyone's just super nice. So I feel like it's just the best thing about this is just the feel of it.
5: That's really nice. Yeah, I love it when you get somewhere and everybody has this great environment and it's just a nice place. And so I'm really happy that you told me about this event, and I would love to go based on what you're telling me.
10: Going to Kids in the Spotlight is actually really good, and you know, because it's like it spreads the word about this organization because I feel like it needs to be more well-known, you know, I really feel like people should, like, watch these films because they're good films. There's there's a film for everyone.
5: Yeah, that's, this is a really great thing, and I'm so glad to know about it, and I will spread the word about it. So thank you so much for being on this show. No problem. I had fun, and of course, I got
10: to spread the word about Kids in the Spotlight. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we're talking about... Mariah carries all I want for Christmas. Daddy's home too. Murder on the Orient Express. Wanderstruck. Thor Ragnarok. Kids in the Spotlight and My Town Pets. And right now we're gonna switch over, and I'm gonna talk to Izzy about My Town Pets. So welcome to the show, Izzy. You're a new reporter, so welcome to the group.
11: Hi. I'm very happy to be here.
5: Hi. Thank you. I'm glad that you're here. So I understand that My Town Pets is an app, right?
11: Yes, it is a app game, a little different from what you've heard.
5: Yeah, so tell me a little bit about this app. What is the objectives? What do you do in the game?
11: Well, there are little, like, pets, and they're little humans, and you can kind of control them all. And the objective is to take care of your pet And kind of, like, look after it, clean after it, and take it to different places.
5: Well, that's interesting. So, is it an addicting game? Was it entertaining? Did you feel like you could play this game for hours and not get
11: bored? I felt like, well, it was kind of like the possibilities are endless, kind of, if you use a little bit of animation. So, I did kind of feel like I could do it for hours without getting bored, because it was just it could take so long if you just spice it up a little with your imagination
5: that's great so you just said that you can use your imagination
11: in this game how would you do that well you could do like a like an only cats challenge in a certain place or like an only human challenge in the vet or an only dog challenge all these like little challenges and you can like make little like customized areas, territories for the animals. There's a lot of different things you can do.
5: That's fun. Yeah, I like games that you have a lot of choices and things that you can do so you can never get bored. So tell me, how is the animation of this
11: game? The animation is kind of sweet. It's more simple than other games, you know. Um, But I still do think that people could have fun playing it even if the animation isn't top, top top-notch.
5: Nice. So, um, tell me, what is what would you think the star and age rating is?
11: Well, um, for me I'd give it a three and a half out of five stars. And I think that maybe like six and under would enjoy playing it. I didn't think grown ups would play it, but my mom played it and she really likes it. <laughs>
5: Oh wow. That's great. How are the different scenes and like areas and backgrounds of the games that you go around in?
11: Well, I can definitely tell you the areas. There are like there's like a vet, there's a pet shop, there's a shelter, there's a pet park, there's so many like little things that you could take your pets to. Oh, wow.
5: That's fun. So, are there different characters in the game? Like, I know you mentioned that there are a lot of pets, but are there, like, humans as well?
11: Yes, you can, like, move the human, put the certain object in its hand, the certain pet in its hand. It's really... I like the mechanics. Oh, wow.
5: That's cool. And so, um, what is your favorite part of the game?
11: I like it when I get just, like, get all the pets and put them in the park and have, like, different little groups of pets. And then they can, like, they can just do stuff. Like, it's fun to kind of just use your imagination. That's my favorite part about it.
5: Nice. Yeah, I like it when, like I said, you can use your imagination in games and you can sort of, you know, be creative. So, was there a lot of music or sound effects in this game?
11: there is some music at the start of the game, and it's really energetic, and it's, it's like, it's energetic.
5: (laughs) That's nice, it makes you, it keeps you excited throughout the game, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so tell me a bit, is there like a storyline? Is there an objective where you finish the game?
11: Well, it's, it's kind of endless. You could just like, Play with your pets as long as you want. There's no ending.
5: That's nice. And does it make you want to have a pet? Because I looked at this game and I saw them all taking care of this pet, their pet, and sort of made me want to have one too, because for the longest time I've wanted to have a puppy, but
11: Well, I I actually that kind of makes me want to have another dog.
5: <laughs> oh, so you already have a dog?
11: Yeah, he's a really fat chihuahua. Oh <laughs> <Aww.
5: laughs> So, are there? Um, so, I know you mentioned that there are a lot of things to do in this game. So, what are some of the other things that you can do?
11: Well, if you've ever heard of the book series Warriors, you can make like a little warrior cats camp. You can, you can have like little cat and dog courses where you can like see which is the better breed of dog or cat, and which like if dogs are better or cats are better. You you could like have little dens like for the specific type and breed and stuff it's really there's a lot of things that's great you
5: can be creative then so thank you so much for being on the show and congratulations on being a new film critic
11: well thank you
5: So thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. And be sure to check out our blog in the Teens section of Huffington Post and check out our YouTube channel. You can get there easily from our homepage at kidsfirst.org. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Super 4. Welcome to Kingsland. I'm Sahiba. Thanks for listening. See you next week.